0: Welcome to the Blue Dot Podcast. Please join us as we discuss what's happening in Harrison County, Indiana. Hey, Harrison County, I'm Elmer Ramos. And I'm Graylyn Porter, and you're listening to the Blue Dot Podcast. Okay, welcome to episode forty of the Blue Dot Podcast, and today I'm joined by a new co-host, Amanda. Amanda, are you Amanda York Ramos or or Ramos? (laughs) No, I just go by
1: Ramos now. Ramos. I tried hyphenating and everyone was confused.
0: (laughs) Okay, so Amanda Ramos is here, Elmer's wife, and she is going to talk about. We are going to talk about SB one and you know the abortion ban in Indiana, and now that it's passed, what do we do about it? And I'm really, I'm not going to say excited to talk about it because that seems wrong, but I'm really glad we're here to talk about it. And we're not going to talk about anything else because I feel like it's a huge issue that's worth an entire episode dedicated to what has happened and what that means for our state going forward. And it is a local issue. We're not going to touch on any local news here in Harrison County, and there actually hasn't been any um, of anything of note
1: recently. So anyway, welcome. Hi. Thanks so much. Yeah, yeah. I'm really kind of nervous to be here because <laughs> you yeah. know people feel so passionately, you know, well, yeah, about and, this topic.
0: Yeah. And before we get into it, I mean, you're Elmer's wife, like you, you're basically on, you, you know, you're on the pod, like your staff, you're, you've been here through, <laughs> since the beginning.
1: Yeah. You've just never actually been on the show. I always hear it being recorded in the basement while I'm upstairs. But... Yeah,
0: I love it. I absolutely love it. And, you know, this is something that you are very passionate about and have been maybe, I don't know is, is losing sleep too extreme a word? <laughs> no,
1: that is not too extreme. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> You've been losing sleep over it. I, you know, we had Sarah on and right before we started recording, I was saying, okay, Sarah came on and we talked about the emotional, like the, the personal stories, um, behind this issue. And now we're going to talk about like brass tacks, like what this law is, what it means for people in Indiana going forward. And I think it's just something that regardless of what you think about it, you need to know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I can see all sides. Like I can mm-hmm. see why people feel the way they feel, even if I don't agree with them. But I don't think the government can mandate individual decisions like that. You know, yeah. It is a personal decision.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And-, and I think that's something that that, that we would just want to, you know, going forward, like, you know, if you want to say a trigger warning to anyone out there listening, you know, we'll be talking about sexual assault, probably given the implications of the, the law and, mm-hmm. um you know, just going forward and, and it, this isn't an easy stuff to talk about, but it is going to affect every single person that lives in this state, like mm-hmm. no way out of it. It's going to affect you in some way.
1: So, yeah, I don't have any authority really to be speaking about it, but I did just pay really close attention. And it was the first time I felt really motivated to watch a bill, you know, move through our state house and see like who the key players are. And it was shocking mm-hmm. that yeah. these are the people who are making our decisions.
0: It is. It is shocking. And, you know, we we I have a lot to say about Gary Byrne, um, our state senator, who represents us in the indiana senate um and we can get into that in a little bit but you know the fact that he couldn't win a primary for county council in harrison county and now he's making this decision Mm -hmm. is just a gut punch to me yeah it's a complete gut punch
1: yeah basically you know in the senate and the house like none of our representatives have any experience or, mm-hmm. you know, they don't meet any credentials to be making these kinds of decisions. No, because these are medical decisions. Like these are, this is healthcare.
0: This is, you know, determining people's healthcare, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't a game. And and to me, it's, it's like they, the way they've tr- treated this issue is similar to just a lot of other cultural um, issues, you know, and it's so different it's so different it's so much more important it's so big so much bigger and it's it doesn't seem like they give it that importance
1: yeah Um, it's really like with everything that's you know every topic today it's like us against them you know mm -hmm. but what they lose sight everyone i think loses sight of is that people on both sides want fewer abortions. Like yeah. everybody wants fewer abortions. It's just one side wants to do it by force of law, which is dangerous. And mm-hmm. the other side wants to do it by making contraception more accessible, maternal mm-hmm. support, workplace accommodations, um, and enabling people to leave abusive situations. Totally. And there's a, there's a phrase
0: that I've heard said, um, and apparently it was used a lot, years and years ago politically is that um, from Democrats that that, you know, abortions should be safe, legal and rare. Like that was the rhetoric. They should be safe, legal and rare. And I mean, I'm around a lot of Democrats that are talking about these issues and a lot of the rhetoric on our side. And I say our because, you know, you're a fellow I feel like it's obvious where we stand on this mm-hmm. issue. Yeah. Um, I am willing to hear the other side though, on this issue. It is one of those Elmer and I talked about this a couple episodes back. Like there are some things I'm not willing to hear the other side. And I think this one, I'm willing to at least hear them. Mm-hmm. Cause I think it's something so rooted in identity and religion. And it's, it's a much deeper issue than a lot of other things, but um Anyway, so I think that a lot of Democrats right now are are missing that rare piece, that safe, legal, and rare. Um, it's not like, you know, no one is saying that that an abortion is something that isn't tragic. You know, like like it is. It is. I think that that's what what's getting lost, and 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 you know, of course, conservatives are so good at at spinning. It, into this, but you know, no one is saying that abortion should be just had with no contemplation or no, you know, no one wants more abortions exactly. Like no one, this is not something anyone thinks is an ideal situation.
1: Yeah, I see like two sides of it. Like I think abortion is necessary in an imperfect world. Like yes, um, some there's health issues, there's you know, contraception fails, there's ab- mm-hmm. abuse, but. Also, um, the, the rare part I kind of take issue with because I don't think anyone should ever feel bad that they made this decision. Like, I don't want any stigma ever attached to it. Um, cause, cause it is, it is a really common procedure. Like mm-hmm. one in four women have had an abortion.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's um, true. Yeah. So, and... yeah, that's true. I, I mean, what would be a better way to phrase it then? I, I'm trying to like, this is something I really struggle with because how do you get across, you know, the, the feeling that we want this to be available, but we're not saying it's something that we wholeheartedly endorse. Like it's such a sticky gray area of an issue. Like it is the hardest thing to talk about politically in my mind.
1: Hmm. yeah I mean I was really nervous to come on Mm -hmm. because of that but I also hold you know my personal feelings which is that I do wish like people could be more transparent about their experiences because I think that there's like sort of an othering with this discussion where people Mm -hmm. think oh you know people are being irresponsible and they should have consequences but like it is so um common for any reason you know Mm -hmm. that like everybody who's listening knows and cares about someone who's had an abortion and you yeah. just don't know it because they don't feel safe telling you right. Essentially.
0: Yeah, that's true. And, and, you know, I've seen multiple people that um have, you know, been kind of public about how they were very anti-abortion. Then they had something happen to them where, you know, with the pregnancy where they realized that was kind of, the only way to safely get through a miscarriage or to end a miscarriage now rather than waiting, you know, and it completely changed their mind, you Mm -hmm. know, it completely changed their mind. And, and so, you know, I think it, I think it would be helpful for the listeners out there if they haven't been paying attention to get into like, what does this bill actually say about those kind of situations here in Indiana? Because as far as I can tell, you know, say you have a miscarriage, say in, in the past or right now, because it's not, this law doesn't go into effect until September 15th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you can have the option to to get a DNC to to basically remove the miscarried, miscarried baby. Mm-hmm. Would that not be possible after this law is passed? Like you wouldn't have that option?
1: Well, we don't know. So um, a lot of doctors gave testimony and they were, really concerned about the law, the law, um, because it limits the care that they're able to give. Like, do they need to call a lawyer before performing this? Um, even though they feel like it's medically necessary, they say that, um, it'll still be permitted for life of the mother, but it's like, um, if you have an incomplete miscarriage, how sick do you have to be before your life is in danger and they you know some people blow it off blow off this concern but it's like I already have a kid I have to go Mm -hmm. to work like why should I have to you know go into septic shock before I receive medical care no totally
0: totally you know and and if you look at like um like a a comparable issue like with an infection you know would, would they delay care until you were in sepsis like I don't
1: I don't think so Mm -hmm. i mean maybe yeah Yeah, you know i don't know yeah it it just seems odd Uh, it's the only procedure with these kind of strings attached which doesn't feel fair no i mean no
0: and again like you know it's vague it's very subjective it's very left up to the the healthcare provider who is also fearing for their livelihood and so you have a lot a huge responsibility put on them um Mm -hmm. And again, like going back to what you originally said, is like the government shouldn't be involved in this process.
1: Yeah. So for doctors, the law, um, they risk losing their license and then they can have up to six years of prison time. So, I mean, I, you know, I know my OBGYN has her own family. Like, why would she risk that for mm-hmm. me? You know, exactly. it's a really scary position to be in.
0: And these are such crazy scenarios to even imagine. Um, They're just so extreme. And and I'll be honest, like when when Roe v. Wade was overturned, I knew that Indiana was going to do something similar to this, but this is a little bit more extreme than I thought it was going to be. Oh, really? I think so.
1: Yeah, there were amendments like thrown at the bill from all sides to make Mm -hmm. it less extreme, more extreme. Like it was like all over the map, like crazy rapid fire, i i mean i never watched this before and Mm -hmm. it was so like people were were fighting for for both sides well and and so i'm just reading
0: what you have here so victims of um rape and incest can receive an abortion up to 10 weeks
1: that's not very
0: that's like incredibly early to me
1: especially like of like the biggest concern is for minors who are the victims of abuse Mm -hmm. like that maybe not may not be old enough to understand what's happening to them totally yeah Yeah, i mean 10 weeks is nothing Mm -hmm. it's nothing so and and then uh, um also they the house um tried to um get rid of this exemption too but fetal fatal anomalies um are eligible up to 20 weeks okay Um, so if the baby like absolutely cannot live and would Mm -hmm. suffer um Mm -hmm. it's an option there which Mm -hmm. doctors said it wasn't Maybe long enough too I mean, like right. doctors like were against all of this right for sure right.
0: right and you know the the getting back to like how extreme it is, Republicans were not unified on this bill hmm I mean at least from what I heard they were not
1: no um, so, so like some voted against it um, because they didn't agree that we needed these restrictions others voted against it because um they Um, thought it wasn't harsh enough and it barely made it out of the senate
0: yeah it's 26 to 20 which Mm -hmm. is very close um and so that tells me that well we know it's not popular first of all um the numbers tell us that this is like widely abhorred by people you know Mm -hmm. it's not popular
1: yeah on both sides it's mm-hmm. yeah. So um I have this statistic here. So a vast majority of voters, 84%, want Indiana lawmakers to focus on addressing the state's economic conditions rather than passing new laws to ban abortion.
0: No, it doesn't make any sense at all to me why they would decide to put all their eggs in this like extreme basket. Like when it's that unpopular with everybody, not just, you know, obviously Democrats, but, but Republicans as well, Independents. I would love to, I don't know if they have any data, but like, I can't imagine this bill being popular with Independents. And those are the people that I think are so important, obviously. I mean,
1: you've got your two, you know, Oh, I actually have that stat here. Oh, fantastic. So, um, (laughs) Strong support for abortion rights in Indiana, with 71% of Hoosiers, including 58% of Republicans and 62% of independents, saying it is important to them that people have access to all reproductive health care options.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, so again, and this is something that I've been trying to figure out and in my brain since Trump was elected, is like, why do... Republicans, elected Republicans. I always try to really, I try to catch myself. I don't, when I say Republicans, I don't mean voters. I mean, elected Republicans that Mm -hmm. are serving right now, elected officials. I do not understand why they insist on doubling down on these extreme views just as the years go on, because this is not popular. Mm -hmm. do you have any thoughts on
1: that like uh, no there must be i don't know (laughs) i mean i don't want to seem like a conspiracy theorist but i feel like there's some plan that i'm not understanding well
0: exactly like like it doesn't make any
1: sense otherwise
0: like yeah why would you continue to double down on something that you know the majority of the people do not want because that's never going to work out for you now i don't know how long it's going to take For people to, you know, rise up and demand change, but, but it won't work out in the long run. If you've got, if you don't have the majority of the people behind you, it's just, it's not going to work out.
1: I mean, they've become so overconfident. Like, I feel like they're pushing the needle just to see where it can push back. I mean, you mentioned it briefly, but even if you're happy with this bill, like I wouldn't get too comfortable because, yeah. um, you know, we have Gary Byrne on the record saying, um, that he supported the bill only because it cut, um, abortions down by 95%. So they say like, I'm not really sure. Um, mm-hmm. and then he's going to continue, um, to um, try to enforce more limits, you right. know, when they're back in session in January. So can we talk about Gary Byrne? <laughs> yeah, that's all you. <laughs> yeah,
0: I I, I I, enjoy talking about Gary Byrne. <laughs> and we haven't actually gotten to talk about him in so long because he's not on the Harrison County Council anymore. Um, But, you know, so for those of you out there that maybe don't know, um, our state senators, Gary Byrne, he is from Harrison County. He burnville
1: specifically burnville
0: so he <laughs> yeah well I, right. always, I always i always tell andrew that we're in a burn bubble down here we're in a uh, burn because <laughs> because you know when he um got into uh, you know the senate it was like i was literally shocked like i did a spit take okay so <laughs> but but i just and everyone's like how is this possible and i'm like we're in a burn bubble like it's just the way it is here in Harrison County. It's, I have no clue how it happened, but whatever. So he used to be the school board president at North Harrison and um, years and years ago. And I obviously wasn't keeping up with North Harrison school board and didn't live here. So I don't really know, but every person I've ever talked to about his experiences on the school board, not favorable. That seemed, didn't seem to go well and it didn't seem to end well. And we have a couple of articles that maybe we can throw in the show notes to, to explain more what we mean there. Uh, but so he left there, then went on to county council. He was on the county council. And when I started paying attention to county council, I just was like, this guy is something. And I, I mean, I'm going to be pretty harsh here because I just found him to be very cruel, mm-hmm. um, disrespectful, mean. Um, True hatred of, of transgender people. True That's hatred. shown in his voting yeah, record. Um, yeah, and um, racist, very racist. You know, I, I had to watch him in those meetings as COVID was coming down um, and COVID started and, and that was not uh, at all uh, good to watch him talk about COVID and where he thought it came mm-hmm. from and all that kind of stuff. Oh. And um, it was really rough. And he, he just is... um doesn't want to spend a dime on any services that would help people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were, de- they were debating a, 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 budget increase for animal control. And someone mentioned that we have a, a comparable number of stray animals to Jeffersonville area here in Harrison County. And he responded with, well, there's a lot more cars that can take care of them up in Jeffersonville. Um. And he was like, seriously, I think that's, that's, you know, that's the way. And it's just like stuff like that. Like the, uh, the, the comments like were unnecessarily
1: just unnecessarily
0: mean. like cruel and just very, very f- offensive. And so I did not enjoy him, but he didn't win his primary in 2020. Mm-hmm. So Richard Gurdon beat him uh, in his primary for county council. You know i i don't have the numbers in front of me but not a lot of people vote in primaries in harrison county and so he couldn't even win a primary Mm -hmm. and now he's a state senator and how did he become the
1: state senator
0: he ran in a caucus so aaron Houchin resigned to run for the house federal uh, representatives in the ninth district And so her seat was open and they held a caucus and he ran, um, for that caucus and won that vote, which is, um, leaders in the Republican party vote Mm -hmm. for that. And so, yeah, I was on a date with Andrew, actually date night, (laughs) um, down in Asheville when we were down there and a friend of mine texted me, uh, Gary Byrne is now a state senator. (laughs) and i about flipped out because he had been put on the harrison county library board just weeks Mm -hmm. before that and
1: that was not gonna be good so yeah we need to do (laughs) or someone to do an episode about how people get on boards in this county yes yeah yes that would be
0: phenomenal i've yes let's put a pin in that yeah okay let's put a pin in that and we'll come back to that but anyway long story short Gary Byrne has no business making this decision for women and or for people in the state of Indiana. Yeah.
1: So like, I don't have the whole history like you did, but just like researching him, you know, what he's done since he got in the state house. So he voted for constitutional carry, even though the Indiana um, state police commissioner like asked them not to, Mm -hmm. he um, voted to block trans girls from sports. And then like. I was surprised Holcomb vetoed it, and then they passed it again. They overrid the veto, and just like he's an extremist, so he's an extremist. I mean, he—he sure. blows my mind. This is still up on his Facebook. He doesn't believe in climate change. He spread mm-hmm. COVID misinformation. He doesn't believe in election integrity. Like this it's,
0: is extreme. <laughs> it's really bad, and so he, and also you know he's very anti-spending for anything. But I think it's really funny that anytime there was a project when he was on the Harrison County council, he, he owns a satellite systems company. Um, and, you know, I'm not sure if he provides some kind of internet service or, or, you know, it's very murky, but burn satellite systems is his, his business. And the Harrison County prosecutor's office paid him in 2018, his company, $29,000 wow. to put cameras up at Hayeswood park to serve for as part of autoshock's project guardian Mm -hmm. project um they paid gary burns company twenty nine thousand dollars while he was a sitting county councilman
1: were you able to find out if they took bids or anything
0: no but i do have the invoices Mm -hmm. so if anyone wants to see those you shouldn't
1: really put your name in the ring for something like that it's not like they're the only company that could do that No, do you would you do you think it's fair to say that he blocked broadband efforts? Um, That's, um, you know, that's kind
0: of the word on the street. Yeah, Um, we have an article we can put in the show notes about um, it was a fiber, you know, initiative, mainstream fiber. And he was pretty vocal in that meeting.
1: mm -hmm. Um, You have to wonder, he mentioned his his company. company.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, you know, I'm just not a fan, not mm-hmm. a fan. So, well, um, you'll probably be <laughs> less of a fan when I have to tell you what happened in the Senate. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, tell me, <laughs> tell me, bring it on back. Tell me. <laughs> so he, he voted to have no exemptions for rape or incest, Yeah. which I guess, I mean, I don't know why I'm shocked. I I don't but, really either, but I am. I'm a, you know, I'm appalled, I'm disgusted. I yeah. I wouldn't say I'm shocked. So um he said the bill didn't go far enough and he was planning to vote against it. And then wow. he voted yes on the bill so he could move it to the house, specifically to spite the protesters. Wow. Yeah.
0: And again, you know, going back to the original issue, if this was about babies, you know, would any of this be like wouldn't the The vibe of you trying to get this passed be different. Mm -hmm. You know, I I just wonder, like, what is the real reason he's so passionate about this issue?
1: That's what I. So, I I don't know if this is mostly just how I feel or other people feel this way, but I've noticed that the media doesn't talk about the pro life movement Mm -hmm. anymore. Like mainstream Mm -hmm. media calls it the anti abortion movement, and I think that's because. Um, these people have had the time to demonstrate exactly how much they care about babies and children to us and they haven't taken the opportunity. So Mm -hmm. um, another bill that was passed in this special session was to deal with our um, $6 billion surplus. That's why taxpayers are getting some checks back. I wondered about that. My dad texted me. He's like, did you get a check? And I was like, I don't think so. I haven't gotten anything. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But also part of that was like, I, I keep seeing different numbers, but it was like roughly like $80 million to, wow. um, you know, family okay. and organizations, like, you know, state departments, um, that would handle that. And mostly people said it wasn't enough, but like, that's 1% or a little more than 1% of our surplus. Like that is immoral for mm-hmm. the them to hold our tax money. Mm -hmm. And then like, we, they should be improving our lives or the lives of others in our community. Like, I don't even care if it benefits me, but like, that's like budgets are moral documents. Like that's where you can show what you care Mm -hmm. about. And they, they haven't taken the opportunity. No,
0: no, they haven't at all. And, and, you know, you have some really interesting things in our notes about Indiana. Like it ranks 48th for quality of life. I mean. <laughs> yeah. It's just so bad. Um, you know, the se- facts- we're the seventh highest in the nation for healthcare costs, seventh. We're in the top ten. It's the mm-hmm. 35th best state to have a baby. Yeah. Like
1: <laughs> third in the nation for maternal mortality. So yeah.
0: I just feel like shouldn't we be addressing those things as well?
1: yeah that's the thing and like these it's not like they don't know i mean these facts came up over and over and over again um so that's why people are frustrated it's like okay so we're talking about constitutional carry we're talking about trans girls in sports and now we're talking about abortion and like these are not the most pressing issues of our time like Mm -hmm. even if we don't agree on what the outcome should be we could agree that we should be focusing on other things you know true yeah
0: yeah and you know, to even give them a little bit more slack, like if, okay, say you think abortion should be illegal, fine. Now, what are you going to do about all the babies that are going to be, bo- you know, like to to stop there just completely negates your argument. I mean, you have to be willing to put up the, the support for the babies that are now going to be born into the world. I, I mean, yeah. I, I don't understand when... Uh, again i i i always i still say pro life movement but I don't know if that's something we don't use anymore but but the pro life movement stops at abortion and and you know I have a lot of people that always tell me like they're not actually pro life they're pro fetus, and I don't know if that's a good thing mm-hmm. to say or not but but it does you know it, it, I always think like okay, so now what like you know, okay, so you want abortion illegal, but then what? And so now we're actually here and it's actually going to happen. And we can see like, there is nothing else.
1: Yeah. So that was what was so frustrating about watching all of this, like in real time, was that like, there were so many amendments thrown at this bill, like to create where employers are obligated to, um, to create accommodations for pregnant employees where contraceptives would be available like a pharmacist can prescribe them you don't have to go to the doctor Mm -hmm. like literally like everything you could think of so it didn't have to be step one ban abortion step two make life okay yeah like it could have been all folded in together and they just refused 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 it was it was really hard to watch actually and
0: again like then why are you passionate about this like, mm-hmm. then what is the real reason? Mm-hmm. And I just don't know the answer to that question. I have but my it, thoughts on what I think it is, mm-hmm. but what is the real reason for this? I don't uh,
1: know. And it's not that it's not only that they're not doing anything. It's also that they're being like deliberately cruel at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> like the trans ban—that that is so completely unnecessary. Like yeah. everyone says so. Like, yeah. so there's a point at which it's okay to be cruel to children. But yeah. I don't understand what that point is.
0: Yeah, and so it it's very depressing, you know. I it's it's not great. Um, I want us to talk a little bit. We've been talking about the Senate. Um, and Gary Byrne. Like, what about Karen Engelman? So, you know, uh,
1: <laughs> like she's our like,
0: House representative, and boy, she she had a hard
1: time. I really uh, thought it couldn't get worse. And then it did. It, then I it mean, did. Yeah, yeah. So, so what it happened? Passed out of the Senate and then went to committee in the house. Like we heard more testimonials. And then um, one of the first bills proposed was by Karen Engelman. She proposed the bill to remove yeah. exemptions for rape and incest and no matter the victim's age. Um, i mean seriously like what in the world well what was actually like the most harmful part to me was that she said that she had some authority on the subject because she was an unwed teen mother which is not the same as being a victim of abuse that is like and if you think the two are equivalent that's like all anyone needs to know that Mm -hmm. you don't know what you're talking about representative engelman does this apply to a fifth grader who has been a victim of incest it it does but i think it's harmful to put a minor in the position of being the new Jane Roe the weight of whether or not we allow lives to be ended should not rest on the traumatized shoulders of a young rape survivor yeah so she proposed the bill and it sounded like it sounded she was just reading it like it was really odd like um and then uh, there was questioning after and then rita fleming is a representative from jeffersonville and yeah. she has like 30 years of experience as an OBGYN mm-hmm. and you know questioned her on it and um it was just really disturbing to hear
0: yeah because i don't know karen engelman personally you know but she is someone that's been in the community for you know Always been around, you know, been around. My mom grew up with her. And um I just it was disappointing. It's just, you know, I know that she I I don't agree with much of anything she's ever done as a our representative, but this was another level. Mm -hmm. I mean, this was just another level for me. I just don't understand.
1: Yeah. I don't understand. So I'm wondering. I had to wonder, like she was It felt like she was put up there and told to read a statement that maybe someone else wrote. Like, it's very robotic. Mm -hmm. Possibly. Yeah. And I don't know if Mm -hmm. it's because they think that we're so red here that it, like they could say anything. Mm -hmm. That's a possibility. That's a possibility. Um, Yeah.
0: And then, you know, and we'll talk about this in a a little bit, but but there is something like, uh, the good news is we do have an election coming up. It is. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know how many days away at this point, but less than a hundred days away. Like we're looking at it coming at us very soon. And we do have people that are running against these people. And so I think it's important that we talk about them. Um, you know, Jason Sumansky is uh, running against Karen Engelman. He's, I don't know if he's from Clarksville or Jeffersonville. Can't
1: remember. He wouldn't be from Jeff because Rita Fleming is. Oh, okay, there. Yeah. perfect. Thank you.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's from Clarksville, um, and he's running against Karen Engelman. And um, I saw him yesterday at the um IDA conference for Dems down at um, French Lake, and he um somebody said Jason Smansky's in the audience. You want to get up and tell us uh, about yourself? And he just got up and he said, you know, I'm running against Karen Engelman, and we all know what's happened with her lately. That's all I have to say.
1: he sat down down. yeah yeah Um, I mean we received like national press over this yeah the whole thing's horrifying it Um, really it really is it really is
0: um but anyway getting back to like how this is going to affect us you know I know it sounds dramatic but but Andrew and I kind of have had the discussion like will we encourage our kids to stay here as adults and honestly I don't know if I will
1: yeah. If, it, I'm if like, it's
0: like this, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sick about it. Like mm-hmm. that's not the way it's supposed to, the world's not supposed to move that way that I had more rights than my daughter. That's Exactly. Not... Exactly. I mean, I'm, I mean, Elmer and I've talked about it. Ho- hopefully things change in the next few years and mm-hmm. you know, our daughter's an infant, but we're considering moving too. Yeah. I mean, I can't have her growing up thinking that her life is less important than a boy's like, that's not okay. That's essentially what this tells girls. It I, I, I yeah. feel like,
0: yeah, I think, I think it does. Um, I do, you know, again, I always, I like I told Sarah, this is my least favorite issue to talk about because I think that there, it's so easy to just like to dismiss a whole group of people that believe something and say, it's, it's just trivial and doesn't matter. It, but it's in the, language you use and and i do think that their values are worth being heard but but i have what's best for me and my you know what i believe too Mm -hmm. and and um yeah i i believe that this is looking at people and saying this half don't deserve bodily autonomy i mean i mean i mean they don't they and we will mandate it through the government
1: that's a huge um, issue that i have with this law is like mm-hmm. it's it can't be universally applied like it only affects one over half than uh, yeah. half the people one but then also within that it disproportionately affects like our most vulnerable people that we should be protecting like mm-hmm. the poor victims children like mm-hmm. that's not okay no you know no no. And yeah,
0: I, I don't think Andrew and I would ever move. I mean, if it gets worse, we maybe, but, but, um, I will definitely, you know, my kids, I'll be like, I don't know if Indiana's is the place for you. And so what does that mean for the future? Like are companies going to want to come here? No. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, are, are people going to want to move here? No. You know, I, this is not the direction the country is going.
1: Yeah. I mean, we the have majority we have stats about like where people stand now, but if you look specifically at millennials and Gen Z, I mean, yeah. they, like even more so overwhelmingly support, you know, reproductive freedom.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's um, yeah. I don't know really what's to gain from all this. I, uh, I don't, that's that's uh, exactly
0: right. Like, that's what I keep coming back to. Like what is to gain? Like, what is, what is the real reason? Like what is, what is to gain? And and for me, the we don't the 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 explanation of you know we care about the babies just doesn't hold up. It just mm-hmm. doesn't hold up with the actions I've seen mm-hmm. so far. Now with some people on a personal level, it does like they truly live their values in that way. Um, but I, I I just don't see it in our elected officials mm-hmm. with the policies they support and the bills they write. Yeah. So we haven't talked about Katie Ford. (laughs) Well exactly. So I wanna I wanna talk okay, so now we're gonna talk about like the election and and what we do because you know we all have our theories and thoughts on what where what state we're in politically, but the the referendum in Kansas was really nice to see. Like that was positive. I felt mm-hmm. good after that. Like, I feel like Kansas is a very, you know, I kind of feel like if it can happen in Kansas, it can happen anywhere, you know? Um, maybe not.
1: Well, I think that they actually know that and that's why they didn't put it on the ballot. Like we have, mm-hmm. you know, I'm new to all this, but my understanding is that our laws are structured differently where we can't just put a referendum on the ballot. Right. But that was proposed as an amendment in both houses that we could put a question on the ballot and. And we didn't. No,
0: I thought it was interesting. I learned this yesterday. Somehow this completely slipped by me that Kentucky's got a referendum this November.
1: Mm -hmm. That'll be interesting to see. Yeah, so that'll be
0: very interesting to see, um, you know, because also we, it would give, you know, women in our area, very locally, you know, a lot more options. (laughs) That's true. Um, um, So for us in this little area, it would be really positive for them to, to go the way Kansas did. Um, but yeah, Katie Ford is running for Senate against Gary Byrne and she's you know dear friend of the pod. she's been on the podcast before and she's running a, an amazing campaign. I mean, she's out there canvassing. Mm-hmm. she is working so hard and her husband is working so hard and I just really admire her for what she's doing. And if any of you out there listening feel the same way that we do, she's the one we need to be behind.
1: Mm -hmm. for the next in relation to like this podcast she's pro-choice she -hmm. believes you know women can make their own decisions but also she's like pro-education
0: um you know
1: pro-workers so Mm -hmm. um pro-broadband yes (laughs) i mean that's a big one for our area and our district also has washington county in it Mm -hmm. so i'm sure that's an issue there too
0: oh yeah oh yeah and she's you know she's not afraid to say what she thinks about gary Byrne and why she's the better choice. And
1: I just, I can't say enough good things about her. Um, yeah, I appreciate that about her, that she's really transparent. Me because too. like something that's been frustrating to me is like, this was supposed to be huge for our lawmakers, like a huge win. And there's like almost no statements. There's no updates on their Facebook about how they feel about, you know, what they've accomplished. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. There's no transparency.
0: No. Well, and, and that, that reminds me, like, it's almost like they don't even care. Like, yeah. this, you know, it, there was no fanfare about it when they passed it. And I, I'm just like, do you, what's the point of it? Like, again, <laughs> yeah. I'm a broken record, but it's like, okay, you did it. You've been trying to do this forever. And it's just like, it did. It's just a little blip. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. It just know. seems to me that like Katie forts, the antithesis of that, like she's posting constantly, like mm-hmm. you always know where she stands yeah. and what I, she, you know, reads the news. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know hey. if others do uh, And post her thoughts. Like, yeah. Cause she listens to experts, which mm-hmm. is important. Like no. our lawmakers can't know everything, you know? No, no, so. no. We can't expect them to, but
0: you know, I would like them to comment on what they're doing. <laughs> Like, yeah. like if you, if you're going to be as bold as to like vote to take away a fundamental right from over half your state, I'd like a statement about that. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. I'd like for you to maybe explain why you did that. Yeah, I mean, like- I know they have like, I'm pro-life, but, but no, really like that. That's
1: fine. But like, can we talk a little bit more about it? Yeah. Well, I think I saw an article. I think it was something like only two House Republicans had released statements about it at all. Oh, my God. You know, it's depressing. It's really depressing. But what (laughs) what is next is the midterms. And so, like yes, yes. I mean, that's uh, the
0: mid. Yeah, that's what's next. So.
1: I don't know how voter turnout is for the midterms but for some reason when I was growing up I always felt like presidential elections were more important but like oh, they're yeah. not they're not Well, they're not. Important.
0: They're not more important but they are way yeah, bigger turnout. I mean, yeah, and, and th- this
1: is just as important for our everyday lives to totally, to show up for the midterm. Totally.
0: Absolutely.
1: You should I mean, you should immediately register to vote
0: if you're not already if you're listening to this and um, educate yourself, you know, hopefully we we tried to give you an overview of the two candidates for state Senate <laughs> and uh, House Rep. But, you know, we have Matt Fife is the Democrat running against um, Aaron Houchin for uh, House, the Congress, you know, federal Congress, ninth district representative. And um, then we have uh, Todd Young is our senator, one of our senators, and he's up for reelection in November and Thomas McDermott is running against him and and then of course all the county races um so yeah i you know educate yourself and please
1: just vote please i'm really excited please. about the secretary of state for indiana mhm i mean i think like those kind of offices can really make change i i think that they um oversee like our, our districts, right? Yes.
0: And so if, and it has an interesting, um, implication, the secretary of state race. So if Harrison County votes for gets, if the Democrat candidate for secretary of state gets more votes in Harrison County, but doesn't win. So it only matters in, in the County, whoever won in that County that determines the election worker makeup Mm. So so at every polling place you have a person that's kind of the head person at that polling place. Oh. And those are all Republicans right now. If our county was to vote in majority for the Democratic candidate for secretary of state, those would be Democrats at every Did polling not place. Know that. Yeah. So it does, even if they don't win, like whatever you do in your county does have implications for, for going forward. And um, so it's interesting in that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah. Can we drop some resources in the show notes about like, you can check your voter registration. Oh, Um, of course. You have until October 11th to register. Mm -hmm. And I just encourage everybody to talk to the people in their lives and let them know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, you know, I think that,
0: that this issue is particularly hard to talk about, like I've said before, but, but it, it we're being forced to talk about it now because myself included, because You know it's been a hypothetical for years and years and now it's not Mm -hmm. so regardless of how you feel about it it's real this is happening and so we're gonna see what happens Mm -hmm. you know we're gonna see what happens um but we're gonna come back in a few minutes with some recommendations maybe a little bit If you love getting local updates from the Blue Dot, consider making a donation by visiting blue.hc.com donate. Blue Dot is made up entirely of volunteers and all donations go towards reaching out into the community and bring you the information you deserve. Any contributions will make a significant impact. Please visit blue.hc.com donate to make your contributions. Thank you so much.
1: Okay. Um, what have you been doing? What have you been reading? What have you been watching? I haven't been doing too much. Um, I started a new job that's Fabulous. remote. Okay, so that's my hot take. I really recommend remote work if you can swing it. Hey, we
0: we're doing it here. Andrew's yeah. got a new job that's never in an office. The office is in Phoenix, so yeah. he won't be going there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's incredible. So- I mean, it's it's so incredible. Uh, we love it.
1: We absolutely yeah, love it. Yeah, I had a good work-life balance before, but this is just like a whole new level. I know. Like it's... I can, like I prep dinner while you're in the working. morning. Yeah. yeah. And then like, it's like simmering, you know, it's so easy. <laughs> it's
0: the dream. It's the dream. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, we want to give a quick shout out to um, Harrison County Arts in downtown Corridon. Um, you're on the board. I am. Yeah. 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 Um, they, you know, it's a. Be- I think we've talked about it maybe on the show since they moved, but maybe not. Their new location is so gorgeous. It's where Arlston's bookstore used to be. And we just wanted to give them a shout out because it's gorgeous and you should go check it out.
1: Yeah. I didn't have too much to do with the building moving and like the whole restoration. The other mm-hmm. board members did an amazing job at that, but it's just a beautiful space. And we um, have classes, a new show opened on Friday. So you can mm-hmm. stop in anytime. And yep. my um, mom I think, is one of
0: the artists in that show. Yeah. That's true. <laughs>
1: yeah. So um I just encourage everybody to stop by. Yeah. But yeah. Very cool.
0: Um, And then also I, I can only recommend the first episode, but I watched, uh, we watched train wreck on Netflix. It's a documentary about the 1999 Woodstock and it's, it's about that event, but also kind of about how toxic the 90s were. Hmm. Um, do you remember 99 Woodstock? Um, how old would I
1: have been? Like I, was I was a freshman.
0: I was a 8th grader or freshman.
1: Oh. In 99. I mean, I remember like hearing about it, but I had no idea what was going on. Well, I so would have been like I, 8 or Yeah, so well, I no way, but
0: <laughs> I barely remember it, but but as we were watching it, it was like all coming back, but so they, they did it at this like air, like deserted, um, air force base or something. And was it
1: like up in Connecticut or wherever? It was in New
0: York, okay. like rural New York, upstate New York. And, and they, I don't know, I guess the vibe was just very masculine, like mm. rage filled young men. And they went nutso and burned the place down, like completely burned it. Okay, have no knowledge of that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really wild. Um, they burnt the place to the ground. Like it was a disaster of me- huge proportions. And so, um, it's only three episodes long, the documentary, and it's like day one, day two, day day three. And so the the one we watched last night was the the first day ended with a corn concert. Do you remember corn? I do remember. Yeah. Corn. Okay. So, so, so there's just the footage. Cause they have so much live footage of the performances and the crowd was like, literally like, like there, it was just thousands and thousands of people just jumping and like pushing each other and punching each other. And wow. Like shirtless young white men, like, ugh, it, it you got to watch it. It's what just other bands were there. Um, I mean, were there any women or cheryl crow so so before before them like in the daytime cheryl crow went on and just the crowd like broke into a chant of like show us your
1: oh my god i hate that word i
0: never use it but i have to (laughs) say it because it was what they were chanting but but and so she like got like weirded out and was like interviewed after and the she was like this crowd is out of control and anyway and it goes into like the 90s, and I find the 90s to be a deeply misogynistic time. Like when you look back on it, mm-hmm. it's really creepy.
1: Yeah, no, I, I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or because like just the whole culture's moving. But yeah. I think about the things that like used to happen. I'm like, that is not okay. It's not that, okay. That happening. No, it's yeah. not okay.
0: And and I find that like the 90s is almost like a corollary to the f- 1950s. Like on the outside, everyone thought everything was really great and kind of like perfect, but it really wasn't at all. It was really toxic. Mm -hmm. And that's that's kind of what I took away from it. Anyway, it's a great documentary. You should watch it. (laughs) (laughs)
1: um i really enjoyed so, it I, I thought you were gonna say it was like the fire festival documentary it, No, it's
0: like that it's it's okay. very similar it's very similar to those documentaries where it's like about this event that just went completely off the rails i mean
1: at this point do events ever go well no i mean that's all we hear about i know
0: <laughs> exactly so um i recommend it there you go well thank you so much for coming on thanks we for having me really it was appreciate nice. it It was nice
1: to like be able to share what I've been thinking about. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's really tough. I mean, it's just a very difficult issue and it's really depressing. Like it's not, it's, it's really hard. Mm -hmm. It's really hard, but we're going to keep fighting. All right. Bye.